Welcome to the Nifty Podcast presented by Partyfish Media, a showcase of the best emerging filmmakers under the age of 25 from all over the world. Film starts here at the virtual Nifty 2020 from Seattle, Washington. Hi, everybody. My name is Robert Spiewak Bohorkas. I am one of the programmers on the programming team for Nifty 2020 this year. And uh, today I am sitting down with the writer, director, and producer of a film in our Growing Pains screening at the festival this year called Under the Lights. Uh, Miles, do you want to introduce yourself real quick to start us off? Yeah. Hi, I'm Miles. And I wrote and directed Under the Lights, just as you said. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I've been uh, I've been hoping to submit to to Nifty for a long, long time, so this is particularly exciting. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, no, it was great. We're super glad to include the film in the festival this year. Um, and so, for those folks that are listening that might not have seen it yet, uh, do you want to give kind of like a summary, description, logline kind of yeah. deal about the film? Of course. So, Under the Lights is a short film about a character named Sam who is a boy with epilepsy, who's so desperate to feel like a regular kid, he goes to prom knowing that the lights will make him have a seizure. Mm -hmm. And it's a, uh, I have epilepsy, and so I drew on my own experience with the condition to make the film. And it's particularly an important film to me because um, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into this plenty, but I... I've been sort of involved with the epilepsy community for the last like seven or eight years and the stigma is really brutal. Mm -hmm. It's, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, I've met so many kids, uh, and really frankly, people my age who have never made a friend in their life. Wow. I, I, I started thinking about making the film. I was a, um, a counselor at this camp for kids with epilepsy and it was my first year. I was 16 years old, and um, I I worked there for seven years. And every single year, there would be at least one kid who would tell me they'd never made a friend in their whole life. Yeah. And there would be another kid who would say, "I thought I was the only person with this condition." And what was so heartbreaking about that is that epilepsy affects one in 26 people. Yeah. So back when we used to be in rooms together, remember that? Um, <laughs> just about every room you enter that is of any substantial proportion has someone in it. It's every church, every public school classroom, yeah. like, everywhere. And so I, I was just stunned to find out um, just how difficult things have been on these kids yeah because i i had epilepsy but i i haven't um you know like i tell people i got bullied but i got bullied for other stuff right (laughs) (laughs) and i i i just kind of took for granted that people didn't make fun of me for having seizures i just thought that's obviously off limits you know Mm -hmm. obviously people don't do that i didn't realize that i was of this really small part of the pie that had that experience sure and um I sort of realized I'd never seen someone like me on screen ever. Mm-hmm. And the only time I'd ever seen someone have a seizure was in the exorcist right. or like on house or some like hospital show, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I noted that the LGBT community is, has been so, so successful in claiming their place in the spotlight that 
I'd say just about every mainstream film festival um, or like Oscar qualifying event carves out space now for that demographic. That's yeah. who they want to hear from. And um, there really aren't that many spaces in our culture, as especially as Americans, where people go out of their way on purpose to see something or hear from someone they know nothing about. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I just kept seeing the epilepsy community have these events year after year after year after year of walks to end epilepsy, fundraisers, assemblies, things like that. But who's in the audience? It's people like me who already know all about this, people who already yeah. have epilepsy. How do you get someone to show up that doesn't know about you? Film. That's where we're going, right? People, yeah. people will pay money to see something they know nothing about. And I said, that's what I'm going to do. That's awesome. And I mean, and I think that one of the things, because you mentioned uh, kind of the other examples, you know, House and um, et cetera, horror movies, I guess, um, where that, I guess there's representation for, you know, people with epilepsy or similar um, uh, afflictions. Like um, this film doesn't have any of that. It's a very uplifting kind of story that's surrounding epilepsy. And so I'm curious, you know, what, um, what do you think is kind of the, 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 really the biggest benefit of that kind of like you know positive um representation for you know people whether they have epilepsy or not or are even you know one degree away from someone with it of seeing a film where you know there's there's a happy ending to it that doesn't involve like a hospital or uh, an exorcism i guess on the extreme yeah. end of the spectrum but like you know what 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 do you kind of hope that um, or do you think that audiences will take away from, you know, seeing a film like Under the Lights? Well, that's so the 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 staggering power of fiction is to be I mean, the idea, of course, is to put put yourself in someone's shoes that you're not mm-hmm. right. Um, and so I chose fiction specifically. I could have made a documentary, but I chose fiction because I wanted to reach that audience member that just wants to sit back and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, who's not going out of their way to say, um, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to be educated. Um, because I don't think I'm like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I, I love documentaries. I love watching and learning. And I, I, I used to love the discovery channel and the history channel before it was about aliens. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I wanted to reach the everyday person because it's, it's really hard to have hate for someone. If you've experienced what it's like to be them, right? even if it's for just two seconds. And I didn't want to make a PSA. I didn't want to say, this is what I want you to know about me and what I want you to think about me. And I didn't want to put statistics up on the film and stuff like that. My only job is to put a representation up that's accurate, that's that's about a, a real kind of person, a very common kind of person that we don't get to see and if you feel something for that character, you're going to be way less likely to um, maybe accidentally be hurtful to your, you know, your community members. And yeah. I know that's true because we've we're watching it happen in real time with with other with other groups. And um, you know, I, I also I didn't want to make a um, I didn't I didn't want to make a movie that portrayed suffering. 
because that's been done, right? We've seen people have seizures and gurneys and stuff. That mm-hmm. wasn't important to me. What's important to me is to, is to portray a person and um, to just let them be. Yeah. You know, let the character be the character and um, and if we can step into their shoes for just a half a second, then then it's going to work out. So I chose to make the film about prom because it's sort of this universal moment where I feel like most people have been there mm-hmm. or most people recognize the significance of, uh, you know, it's a moment where you come into your own or, you know, you're a you're 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 celebrating being a young person yeah and everyone knows what it's like to just want to fit in and everyone knows what it's like to feel left out and the experience of having a disability is the experience of standing back and watching other people do that thing that you would give anything to do yeah and whether you have a disability or not you've been there at some point in your life and so i chose to make the film about that yeah that was it's amazing you're like you're just like checking off questions that i had you're reading my mind here um and so i guess um just to get into like the story of under the lights a little bit more directly like how much of um i'm I'm sure some of this is fictionalized but like you know how much of a one-to-one um for you is the character sam and even the relationships with like his mom um you know because that's kind of the the core of the movie really is you know him getting out of the house to go to prom and mom not being on board and so like i don't know i'm just curious you know how much of a fictionalized version of real life is this oh yeah um i mean i I think i would start by saying just how incredible it's been to find out that when it comes to epilepsy you really can't write true fiction like Hmm. you you can't do it epilepsy is so diverse and encompasses so many different experiences and conditions Mm -hmm. that just in making the film and being in touch with the epilepsy community and meeting new people who have been through this um i've come across several people who said oh yeah i went to prom knowing that the lights would make me have a seizure yeah and i wrote it originally as you know trying to write something you know cathartic right and and it turns out like I, I've run into people who literally went through this almost, almost exactly. You right. know, you have to see the film to know like what's truly out there. But mm-hmm. I, um, my experience with epilepsy is that I've had it just about my whole life, and I, I'd say that the character of Sam is an embodiment of, um my feelings surrounding Mm -hmm. epilepsy. I did go to prom. I'm not photosensitive. I can stare into strobe lights all day long if I chose to. Um, (laughs) but, um, it's, so I didn't, I didn't have that particular struggle, Mm -hmm. but I do have the independent struggles that the character expresses. Um, there have been a number of times where there's something that I want or a place that I want to go where there's just some kind of barrier in the way where I have to say no to that opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a 25 year old who can't drive. Um, I, that gets 
that is a, a roadblock I face every single day and I have to get creative and I have to find a way to be just as mobile as, as someone else. But like I live in a rural setting, there's no bus stop. Yeah. Um, you know, just getting to work and back requires Uber and that's a, um, you know, that's a huge section out of my paycheck every single day. Yeah. Um, in terms, so again, in terms, in terms of the film, it's an embodiment of my acknowledging that of course I too would want to give anything to just have um, regular casual experiences that you know some that people take for granted not because they're bad people but because they're they're going about their life you know yeah um, and I think that again whether you have a disability or not everyone has a taste of what that's like and I wanted to start there yeah, I mean, and I think that um, the, the, what what is actually really great, we've kind of just been talking about, you know, the experience of having epilepsy a lot. and But I think what, what really, you know, brings the viewer into the movie is, um, remind me the, uh, the name of the girl that's in the bathroom with Sam? Molly. Molly. Yeah, I actually, they never say the character's names in okay. the movie. Great. I don't that was why you tell me for the first time what the name of the girl is um but i mean the the film is kind of about just their encounter and it becomes like oh the reason he's here in this situation is because of his epilepsy but like what you watch from a character perspective is them like kind of have this meet cute moment right where then they um have a dance and he's got the blindfold and the the soundproof helmet on and like um so i mean i think the balance that you struck with it being kind of about them connecting regardless of his epilepsy is really like it was it was just measured and it made it more than it, it made it a film about people and not necessarily a film with just like hey people have epilepsy out here so i mean i think that worked really well and so in creating in in writing you know her character like what did you like hope that audiences would kind of get out of this really kind of this bottle episode situation that they're in where they you know have to communicate with each other for the first time and you know kind of have this moment where they're isolated together yeah, to me, um, the character of Molly, or just put simply, the girl, right? Yes. <laughs> Since I never she can have her. a name. <laughs> yeah, I don't name the characters. Um, Molly is the embodiment of, um, I think, the general public. Okay. Mo- Molly is um, the quote-unquote regular, regular person, mm-hmm. right? And... Uh, you know, it's easy as in a, you know, being in a, in a stigmatized group or being in a, um, in a group that faces adversity, it's, it's easy in sort of a, it's easy in a moment of struggle as a marginalized group to want to antagonize the public because they do antagonize you. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I really sympathize, I think, with with the general public because the fact of the matter is, is that there isn't a lot of information out there outside mm-hmm. of, you know, the academic stuff you can look up. Um, I wanted, 
I I have this character. We start the reason we start on Molly, opening the door and finding this mysterious boy mm-hmm. asleep on the floor in the girls' restroom, is because I want to sympathize with what it's like to be her too. Mm-hmm. I want to sympathize with what it's like to come across a person that um, is doing something unexplainable to you that you have no information on. How would that make you feel? You'd be afraid. Yeah. And you would probably lash out and you'd probably say something you don't mean. Um, you might get angry. That's all natural. And we're trying to do away with that and it's going to be slow, but I don't think we can get there if we meet that aggression with um, an idea that it's a lost cause, that mm-hmm. no one can possibly understand us, no one can possibly know what it's like to be me. Um, if we start there, then we can't have a conversation. And so I think the most important part of the movie is when Molly asks Sam, what do I do? Yeah. And he says, just be here. And that line, I think, is the core of the movie because what's fascinating about epilepsy is that, you know, people people think there's a lot to be afraid of. The fact of the matter is, is most of the time when people have seizures, they're fine. Mm-hmm. They're going to be fine. You don't have to call an ambulance 90% of the time. You don't have to do anything. God forbid, please don't put something down their throat or restrain them or anything. You literally just have to be there. You just mm-hmm. have to sit there and that's it. Yeah. And, um, even as a person with epilepsy, I didn't learn that until I was like 20. Sure. And, uh, I wanted, I wanted people to see that without me, just like you said, without me going on a diatribe about like, here's safety information and here's all the medically accurate words. No, just, we just need to see two people for a moment understand what it's like to be the other person and and as you see molly is going through her own thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. molly is not the um she's having a bad time at prom too she's having the worst <laughs> night of her life yeah. and that deserves acknowledgement you know it's not just about one person or the other mm-hmm. we're ultimately we're all humans and i'm trying to appeal to that yeah yeah, and um, something else that I was gonna kind of ask in you know this this film that is is balanced and you know any anybody could watch this and I think get you know either side and under kind of understand what you're going for. Um, y- your past experience with you know with working at the camp you mentioned and just being active in the in the community, you know, what do you think that you learned from going through those experiences that kind of helped better inform making the film so okay so fun fact i just had uh, a little blip there a little seizure you don't actually have to cut that out i think it's amazing um (laughs) so i experienced just there a real life jump cut oh my gosh and so what's so cool about that is like this is something that you understand or like your audience would understand this happens to me all day long Mm -hmm. i experience like these real life jump cuts um where I, I miss a second and then I have to like put it together in my head and sort of like re-edit. So, okay, yeah. so, so you were asking how like camp informed. Yeah. Just, you know, the, 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 maybe the greater knowledge you have from going through those um, experiences, you know, being active in the community, 
or working for that camp? You know, how did that help you better? Or, or how did that just be, inform making the making the film or, you know, coming at it from the, the angle that, you know, you're describing where you want it to yeah. be accessible and, and balanced? It's interesting because I... Um, I had always just talked about my epilepsy and just really had no issue with it because, again, I went through a very, very rare circumstance where I didn't get, I didn't get bullied for that particular thing, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I'm able to talk about it. It's not magic. Mm-hmm. I was, I faced a certain circumstance where I grew up in a way that allowed that to happen. Um, the epilepsy community uses the phrase coming out of the closet actually Hmm. um, to mean exactly what it sounds like. And um, I, in going to this camp and in being around the community, I was always around um, people who couldn't talk about it. And that, that camp was the only setting on the planet where they felt safe enough to say something as simple as uh, I have it too. Mm -hmm. And I just sort of realized, wow, I, I should talk about it because I can talk about it. And um, the means of expression that comes most naturally to me is film mm-hmm. and how great is it that that happens to be, I think, the answer. I think it's the answer to, to the stigma. Um, but the other thing, the other thing is that I noticed that I think the thing that was hurting these these kids, namely the kids, more than the stigma, or I have to go back. I noticed that the thing that was hurting the kids more than the epilepsy was the stigma. It wasn't, if they went back to school and had seizures, um, they were gonna survive. It was the treatment of their peers that was killing them. And I knew because, like I had just told you, I had seizures too, and I didn't have that experience. And that was the yeah. only variable that was different between me and any of these other kids. So I thought, one, these I want people like this to be able to see themselves on screen. We talk about how important it is to have representation and, and to you know see someone that isn't you. But it's also important and very validating to see someone like you on screen. The same way, you know, it was we had all sorts of news stories when black Panther came out and inner city kids, you know, were put on buses to go see the movie and how it was so transformative for them. Yeah. Um, There was a level on which I could provide that, but I didn't just, I didn't just make the film because of, of epilepsy either. I'm sort of discovering that the way to make a good movie is to write the thing that you don't want to write. Hmm. It's if you can sit down and you can write the thing that you might be embarrassed to talk about or that's too painful to talk about, if you can get it out, not only does it make you feel better, but the audience can feel it no matter what the subject is. You can be talking about anything and somehow that translates, somehow that perspires through the screen um, and people get it in a way that just doesn't happen if you just say, um, I'm going to throw some themes together and, mm-hmm, and come mm-hmm. up with an action sequence, you know? Yeah. And it works. Hopefully it, hopefully it did. It worked. It worked on me. 
I think. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so um, I, I we I feel like we keep talking for another you know half hour or more, but um, we've got to kind of wrap it up um, unfortunately. And so um, as we get closer to the end here, you know what. Um, as we're looking ahead after under the lights or even, you know, what's next for under the lights, you know, what do you, what else are you working on that, uh, that people who liked enjoyed under the lights can look forward to from you? So I'm making the feature length film. Um, it's in development and I am seeking allies and I'm seeking, um, fans who saw this film and want to see it grow. Mm -hmm. And so I have a website and it's, at underthelightsfilm.com and if you go there and you put your email in then I can give you all the updates on the film and where it's going um, and one thing that's particularly important for me to mention is I want this film to be a tool um, for people in general I've seen epilepsy foundations use it I've seen people use it to um, have like coming out parties and break the ice with like unsportive communities and oh, things wow. like that yeah um, yeah it's, it's been great um, but I, I want people to decide how it's useful to them. And if people want to reach out and, and make this, you know, um, useful, I want to be useful. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what I really hope will come from it. So check us out on social media at under the lights film, check out the fan art. I didn't mention the stars were Disney channel stars. Oh, wow. So we get that's fan awesome. art every day of kids, um, asking questions about epilepsy Yeah. and it's, it's really beautiful. We couldn't have made the film without the support of organizations like the Epilepsy Foundation of Northern California and um, support groups like Eric's Corner. Um, it was really stunning to find that people really came out of the woodwork when they saw that this was something that was going to happen. Um, and it, it really couldn't have happened without those people. It wasn't, the, the epilepsy community really came out in force to say, they wanted this to happen but um i also think it's beautiful that i'd say uh, a lot of our support actually came from outside the epilepsy community a lot of the mm -hmm. support came from people who just said um wow that's different i want to be a part of that because i feel like that matters and we actually had to turn away um people uh, who wanted to be on the crew because there simply wasn't enough space on the set mm -hmm. and that's really gives me hope you know, yeah. There's a us. There's a there's an environment out there where people actually want to hear from from someone like someone like me. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 awesome. You you should feel great about you know the achievements and everybody you've been able to include in the film. Is there anywhere else online people can go to keep up with your work as well, like you specifically? Yeah, I'm on Vimeo and YouTube. Miles Levine. Um, I'm easy to reach. I respond to everybody. So, um, yeah, I'd absolutely love to get in touch. We, we loved it. We're so glad we were able to include it in the festival this year. Um, so thank you for submitting it, and thanks for taking some time to talk about it with us a little bit more. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for listening. For more information on Nifty 2020, the talented youth, and more emerging filmmakers, check out nifty.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at NFFTY or on Instagram at Nifty Film. And for more podcasts from Party Fish Media, search Party Fish Media wherever you listen to podcasts or follow us on social media at Party Fish Media.
Party Fish Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliott Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.